This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It is once again good to be back in the studio with these guys. We unfortunately are down a man. Um, Vinny is away, so I come well, welcome back. back yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, welcome back. <laughs> I I listened to the, the broadcast in my absence, and I'm like, I should just be gone more often. And so I think I'm going to just probably take a, a little hiatus and <laughs> let these guys roll with I it. I think that so. would be a bad idea. I think so. I think we just lost some listeners. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. We have been going through the, a book called The Great Dechurching, and and I know that we've been in this series for a little while, um, but I, I have found just for me personally that this has been helpful to think about. I might not always agree with the authors, but it's been helpful for me to think about this moment that we're living in in church history. That's that's right, and this, this is not going to have a long shelf life, this book. You know, it is a moment in time. It's a snapshot of what we're experiencing right now, and so in that sense, it has been good, and it actually gets you to think a little bit more outside the box, a little bit more about uh, those that are outside your church and some that have passed through. This is a little aside, but we, we do a little um, training time as elders and as me as a pastor in, in the church, and we were reading um, a book um, together, and last night's was about the church and the, the mission of the church, and I don't really like the phrase, but being missional, mm-hmm. um, but I, I they were using it in an appropriate biblical way, and really part of that chapter was talking about the intentionality of sending and being intentional about reaching out mm-hmm. and creating on roads for people into the life of the church and being intentional about establishing relationships with unbelievers mm-hmm. um, and breaking down barriers to hopefully create opportunities for them to come to church, right. to come back into church. And that was written back in 2016, and I just found it, found it fascinating that a lot of the themes – that were in this book were also in that book that was written for elders and pastors. The practical parts of it are going to uh, play in any generation when you think about it. You know, we we used to talk about front doors and side doors into the church. You know, not everyone comes through the front door. Some of them will come through your your neighbor groups and other places. There's there's a side entrance where they get to know the people before they're ever inside uh, the building. And I think that's part of that intentionality that you're talking about. I mean, we have to figure out ways in which we can reach our neighbors and and uh, those that we work with. So in the part of the book that we're at right now, it's it's really dealing with this whole idea of relational wisdom. And it's based on this premise that um, we have to understand who God is and we have to understand who 
we are. And the authors make the contention that it used to be in the 20th century that people were concerned about truth. What is truth? What is the gospel? And now there's more of a cultural, relational, individual aspect to um, the questions that they're asking. And now they're, they're asking more of an existential type of question. Is Jesus good? Is Jesus beautiful? And it's a result of a little bit of the fracturing that has happened um, in people's lives as individuals, emotionally, relationally, um, institutionally. And so there's this sense of that people, don't get me wrong, people still need and seek truth. Yeah, That never changes. But it becomes, in a little ways, a little bit more experiential we still and we still need the logical categories but uh, you know there's a phrase you know people don't people don't care what you know until they know what that you care yeah yeah I and mean, there's a turning away from it's it's more of a subjective truth mm-hmm. you know you're yep. people still searching for a truth but it's your truth and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a truth that's felt more than known, right? Which is odd for me. That as makes the me math feel guy, bad. So that yeah. must yes. be untrue. So we um, just to recap: to grow in relational wisdom and relational maturity, we must possess at least six key awarenesses of God, self, others, and those are the ones that these guys did in my absence. And then moving forward, we're going to do emotional awareness, awareness of how others perceive us, and cultural. Awareness. So let's jump in with emotional awareness. And here's a quote from the book. In a pandemic age, when anxiety and depression abound due to loneliness and seclusion from relational connection, and when news sources and social media can so easily leave us in a state of heightened anxiety and angst, it's hard to understate the importance of our emotional awareness and how we relate to the de-churched. Of course, this isn't only important for us as we approach others with the gospel, but also for us to be aware first and foremost in ourselves. Our awareness of both ours and others' emotional states can have a big impact on how we deliver the gospel and on how the gospel is received. So, how does Jesus exemplify an emotionally aware approach to sharing the gospel. Well, let me back up just a little bit. When we're talking emotional awareness, we're not we're not just talking about the other person. We're talking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, there's two. You know, we have to take a reading in two places. We have to take a reading of ourselves, and we have to take a reading of of others. So we need to we need to, in one sense, you know, there's some people that can come in and begin talking, and they haven't even read the room. Great. Text, great message, wrong timing, wrong place. Uh, that's, the, that's the kind of thing. And I think, you know, of course, Jesus actually met people where they were. You know, there was a sense in which he, he not only – he was fully aware of who he was, but he also knew where people were and, and began to address them. You can think about the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's able to say, if you knew who I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he would say that. But he also – knew who they were, and was able to communicate with them. And and one aspect that they talk about as far as being emotionally aware is how Jesus at times in his ministry was able to disperse what could become a more emotional reaction to what he was saying. I mean, the example that they use is um, when the Pharisees challenge Jesus, and he knows their intention. This is Matthew 21, the example they give. 
uh, he responds by asking them a question that kind of throws the whole thing into a yeah. stalemate. He, he kind so of decharges, he, he decharges. So the situation. One way we could learn from that is the um, we are called to you know give answers that don't inflame high emotions and an emotional awareness is one where we recognize a potentially hostile situation and in God's wisdom try to be used by him to not lead it down a path of greater confrontation. I, I mean, noticed this, is, this a, I noticed this a few weeks ago we were we were in studio here but there was a question that was being asked um, you within We you almost know, came to blows hall, Russ. We uh, almost came to hall, blows. Out in the hallway um, of of us and um, one of the pastors um, turned it around into a question. Hmm. Well, how did you perceive that? How did you and and that and because he spoke first, he actually uh, took words that I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said that. I had to say to him, "You handled that with far more wisdom than I did, because I was preparing my answer in my head, and you were asking them the question." I wished I had that wi- wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, that that goes to what Ryan was saying. How Jesus would do that, but it all it it all comes, uh, you know, to. Um, you know, answering a person uh, with, in you know, with words of wisdom. You know, so Isaiah fifty verse four talks about the Lord has given me a tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So I know something. I am able to speak this word of wisdom to that weary person. It's the same thing in Proverbs um, chapter fifteen. Where he talks about answering a word in and wisdom and in season, and then says, "This is so good. This is good when we are able to do that." And so, you know, all through Proverbs fifteen, you know, the soft answer, um, uh, you know, contrasted with the harsh word, the one that commends knowledge. The other pours out folly. The gentle tongue is contrasted with a tongue of perverseness, and that and that's really reading the room. That's mm-hmm. being answering answering that emotional awareness of that individual. So it's not a new age thing. Mm-hmm. This is a proverbs thing. This is wisdom thing. I think it should be pointed out. This doesn't mean that we don't um, upset some people or um, offend people. That's not what's being talked about here, because the gospel itself will offend and i think the the whole thrust is thrust of it is to interact with others in such a way that you're aware of uh where they are at and be used by god to say a word in season and that word may hurt them but you're still saying it in love and grace yeah i think that uh, there are two areas in which this is particularly applicable um as the the authors are pointing out you know we live in an anxious age, mm-hmm. and so we're we're addressing those um, anxieties. But we also live in an antagonistic age, and so we have to, you know, turn the conversation sometimes. Mm. So we answer the anxiety with the um, uh, a gentle word in season. We a- answer the antagonism by deflecting and and making the other person uh, actually consider what they're saying. We've all been in those moments when when we're around somebody or we are the person that didn't read the room correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had it just this last Christmas when I was with my family and, and my daughter um, was 
getting all worked up about something. And I tend to to tease my kids and and playfully banter with them. And I chose to do that at that moment. Mm. And it it was not pretty. It, it did not go well. In <laughs> mm-hmm. all of my 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 son just puts out his hand like it's a book and closed it. <laughs> <laughs> he read the room <laughs> and he said, "Dad, what?" Because then my daughter leaves the room in tears, and my all my family is turning to me, going, "What were you doing?" And then the, that's just a small example. I could go right. and apologize to my daughter, and it was all okay. But there are moments when we don't do well in just understanding yeah. the moment that and, we're and in. It's, and it's not yep. your daughter. It's the it's the next door neighbor. It's the person you work yes. with. And, and you don't have the same opportunities to make it right because mm-hmm. they don't know you as well. So it's it's particularly important to do that in the moment. Uh, where we're and we had and that's part of being self-aware and self-engaging. I know myself, so I have to engage with myself there. You know, I mean, we we're we're going to tell them the truth because we're also God aware, and we yeah. we also engage with God on that level. But mm-hmm. we need to be aware of others and engage them where they're at. With grace, a season with salt. Yes. Well, it's interesting that um, as a as a pastor, all of us have have our own churches, but we also at times will preach other places, and throughout our lives, we've been called to do pulpit supply mm-hmm. and i find that to be so terribly difficult um, because at the end of the day um we we have a situation where we're going into a, a congregation where we really don't know them yeah and yeah. the truth doesn't change but how you present the truth to a people changes based upon how you know them yeah. and how they know your personality. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about emotional awareness. We're working through all of the different awarenesses, and we'll continue this tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>